Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Hey everybody, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. We are broadcasting live on this November, what is it, the 13th today, 2022. And so if you're listening tonight, that's a live broadcast. If you are listening um, at a different time, of course, it would be a podcast. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's 501 Elks Drive, right on Interstate 94. Can't miss it. Uh, easy to find. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of parking, a big church. It'll seat 500 people, and we don't have it full yet. So we are wanting you to come and visit us. Our next service would be Wednesday night at 7.30. We have services Wednesday night, 7.30. Sunday morning at 10 is Sunday school. At 11 is our worship service. And so we'd love to have you come and visit us. We have churches in Beach, North Dakota, Bowman, Beulah, Newtown, Williston, Bismarck, Mandan, all over this western North Dakota area. We've got people texting me out tonight, which you can do. 701-290-7862 is the way to get a hold of us. And you can text me scriptures, uh, <coughs> comments. If you text me scriptures, make sure you, you uh, write them out for me <coughs> on the text. We have um, so far Brother 
Paul Luna was the first one to text me this this afternoon. He texted me early, said he'd be listening. We have um, Brother Griffith listening. They say they baptized one in Jesus' name in in the church in Great Falls, Montana. We have Brother Johnson listening tonight. Brother Dale Jones listening. Sister Bretts, uh, Brother Jones in, in Minneapolis. Sister Bretts in Kildare, North Dakota. Tim listening in North Carolina. Yvonne listening down in Bowman. Yvonne and Marin listening down that way. So uh, just good to have all of you listening. You can text me, like I say, 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. I think I'll be joined in the studio with some guests that just want to come here in a little while. They want to come and see what the what it's like to be in a radio on a radio show, a live radio broadcast. So they're not in here yet, but I'm anticipating they'll come. One of my grandsons, one of my granddaughters, and a girl... That's a friend of my grandson's. Uh, I think they're dating, and she's from she's from um, Fargo, North Dakota. Her dad's a pastor in Moorhead, so she'll be here too. But anyway, uh, just uh, we had a good church service today. Um, and for you that are listening out of state, we've had a lot of snow here recently, which is, I guess, common for this time of year. We get snow in November, but it was a pretty good amount. I think we had 13 inches here in Dickinson. Uh, we had um, uh, in um, Mandan, they say they've had tw- had 24 inches. That's 90 miles to the east of us. Bismarck had 17 inches. So there was a lot of snow in the area. But um, uh, we uh, got our church parking lot plowed out, and we had our services Wednesday night and on Sunday, so both. Um, and we had a good service today. We had a good service at the county jail today. Uh, that was that was good. Just love going there. Love so a lot of those people are hungry for God there. We have. I'm going to talk about today what I talked about in our Sunday service at our church. Maybe modify it slightly for the radio, but I want to talk about the topic. Will be called cunningly devised fables. And my text is in Second Peter one and verse sixteen. It says, "For we have not followed." cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So I want to talk about this tonight. Oh, the Matherns just tuned in. Good to have them listening. Sierra and Miles and their family. Good to have you guys listening tonight. Uh, We have, um, I want to talk about this idea. It was something that kind of came up at our men's Bible study. We have a men's Bible study at 6 in the morning every Friday at Taco John's here in Dickinson. And we, the discussion moved towards this area of, of um, how there's so much information out there that people don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, there's just, you can prove anything you want to by going online I mean, you can use your own set of facts um, that they all sound right. They all sound good. Um, there's different things that people, hey, there's my company. Hey, guys. Uh, we just had some, I mentioned you guys that you were, might be coming in. So welcome to the studio. We got Eric, Jackie, and Kayla. Is that right? Kayla's here. Yeah, there she is. Um, so good to have you guys in the studio. You can have a chair. We're on live radio, so I don't know if you want to sing or say something, but no, not quite. All right. Well, maybe we'll get them to talk later, but they just wanted to see what a live radio broadcast. Anyway, uh, we're talking about cunningly devised fables and how there's so much misinformation out there nowadays. Um, I suppose mainly because of the Internet. I suppose there's always been misinformation out there. But now it's really interesting. I mean, they can make it look like you're giving a speech and it sounds like your voice. It looks like your face, but it's not even you. And so it's going to be very difficult um the farther we move down this uh, virtual reality or artificial intelligence or whatever you want to call it, to even know what is true or what is not. You know, I tease people that read their Bible online instead of reading a real one that how do you know they don't even change that? You know, they could be changing that. And so, but there's a lot of things like that. I mentioned in church how you can go, if you want to prove that coffee's good for you, you can go online and, and prove that. If you want to prove that coffee's bad for you, you can go online and prove that. If you want to prove that beef is good for you, you can go online and prove that, um, and and so on. I mean, you know, it, it there's so much misinformation out there um, that 
you really people don't really know what to believe. Um, you know, when Pilate asked Jesus at one place in the scripture, he said, "What is truth?" He said, he asked Jesus that, "What is truth?" And that that is especially today a really relevant question. Uh, what what is truth? You know, the like I say, you can go online and find out all kinds of good things about the United Pentecostal Church International. You can go online and find out bad things about the United Pentecostal Church International. Um, you can you can do that about anything. You can find conspiracy theories that sound really real, but they're, of course they're not. Uh, many times they're not. Maybe some of them are. But you know, how do you know what is true? So tonight, my premise will be: uh, you know, the Word of God is true, and we need to apply it to our lives. The Word of God is true, and we need it needs to be applied to our lives. Now, if you don't want to apply the Word of God to your life, there are many, many options all around that sound really good. Like, um, you know, I mean, like I say, that, I, that there are people that you can go online and say, the people will say the Bible is not true, and this other thing is true. And, um, you know, you can find all kinds of religious leaders online. But the Bible... The problem with that is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 14 and 12, it says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, there's there's things out there that sound right, seem right, but they're not right. You know, Colossians 2 and 8 says, don't let anyone, this is the living translation, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of, of this world. So there's a there's that word capture you means to to deceive you, to capture your mind with this high sounding nonsense, this that 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 comes from uh from human reasoning and and even even more sinister spiritual darkness that is influencing people's thought. These this these empty philosophies it says. In First Timothy six twenty, it says there's there's a science that's only a so-called science. It's a false science, and said don't listen to that stuff if it goes against the scripture. So, Second Timothy four and three says there's there's people will heap to themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear, and that's all over today. That's all over this world. Um, that's that's. Um, what my program is about. That's what a lot of on, online information is. You know, it's just not real. It's um, it's not true. And and in 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 Second Peter, where I'm kind of taking all my texts today, in Second Peter chapter two and verse one, he deals with that. Even back in their day, he said, "But there were false prophets also among the people." He's talking about in the Old Testament. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, and many shall follow their preconious ways by reason of whom the truth shall be evil spoken of. So there are there are false teachers even amongst people that claim to be believers, disciples, Christians. And they give Christianity and the Bible a bad name. They do. Goes on to say through covetousness they shall with feigned words or false words they'll make merchandise of you these some of these people are just after your money and how many of you get tired or have heard people or even said yourself all those mega churches are after my money well many of them possibly are for the wrong reason i i believe in giving to the work of god we uh, teach and preach that i i don't draw an income as a pastor or a radio personality but i um i i do know that and I could, our church would not mind paying me, but in my case, especially, you know, if you put a dollar in the offering plate or a million dollars, it's not going to benefit me even a little bit. It won't make any difference to me. You see, I, I'm not doing this for the money, and there's nothing wrong with pastors that get paid. I'm not saying there is, but, you know, you know there. but there are these mega churches that all they want is your tithing, but they won't tell you how to live. I'd feel kind of used if I went there. Now, how do we know who these false teachers are? And I'll kind of get back to my topic here in a minute, but how, how do we know who they are? Well, in Matthew 7 and 16, one of the ways we can know is Jesus said in verse 16 and in verse 20 of Matthew 7, he said, you shall know them by their fruits. And so 
what they do and, and how they act and whether they live right and morally, you'll know these teachers that way. And then also in Second Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we need to know our Bibles so we can tell whether these teachers are teaching the truth or they're teaching some type of tradition or some type of philosophy that has crept into Christianity that doesn't belong there. You see, this is what we need. Now, I'm going to sum up this portion of the broadcast by saying this. All the misinformation that's out there can backfire on the devil, that old deceiver. Because if you can get people to question everything, maybe you can get people to question who's questioning everything. You know, maybe maybe if we can get people, the devil's got people questioning everything. There are people that people don't even know if they're boy or girl anymore. I mean, the devil's got people so confused, and, and that not only the devil, but just this human reasoning that is contrary to God's word, has got so many people confused that they they don't know what to think. I was just putting some glass in for some people last week or week before, and they say, what do you believe nowadays? These older couple told me that. What do you believe nowadays? Well, that that's a really good question, but I think the way this can backfire on the devil is because people will begin to dig down through the sand and start trying to find the rock that Jesus talked about that he was going to build his church on, or the wise man built his house upon, and maybe that's what will happen. So uh, text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I'm going to play a song that used to be one of the favorite songs of the Tell It Like It Is show. Let's see if you like it. Testament said, I am Jesus, who you 
to the city, it shall be told thee what thou must do. Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. We, I'm the pastor, if you're just tuning in, the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's located at 501 Elks Drive. Our next service is Wednesday, 7.30. Sunday mornings, 10 and 11. Sunday, 10 at, Sunday school, 11 is our worship service. We've got some uh, people from Beulah here. What time, what's your ch- church address again there? 223rd Street Northeast, and you have services Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. Prayers at 10, churches at 1030, and Wednesday nights at 7. All right. So we have them, and we have um, Kayla here from the Moorhead Church. When do you have church? Where it's called Life Point what? Sanctuary? Okay. When do you have services? Sunday school at 10, worship at 11, no midweek service. Wednesday night at 7. So if you're in that Moorhead area, that um, they would certainly welcome you to come there. Uh, we've got several people texting, which you can do tonight, 701-290-7862. Uh, James and Jody are listening. They just texted. Uh, Brother Ron from Beulah is listening tonight. Good to have him. Brother Pastor Springer from Bowman is listening tonight. Abe and Sierra and their kids are listening. So we've got, um, I think i got everybody covered. You can text me and let me know how you're listening tonight. We're talking about cunningly devised fables tonight and how there's so much misinformation out there. But notice what Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 16 through 18. Now this is in the NLT, and it says this, For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly beloved Son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were there with him in the holy mountain. This is pretty convincing stuff. We've got a a person here writing, uh, the Apostle Peter writing a letter and just re going over the fact that we, with our own eyes, saw when when um, Jesus was baptized. We saw the dove. We saw the. We heard the voice. Uh, we, um, you know, w- w- with our own ears, we heard these things. We heard the voice. We and so it's it's convincing to me. And what makes it convincing is that church history tells us that just about all, if not maybe eleven out of the twelve disciples, or ten out of the twelve, I should say were uh, tortured and killed for their faith. 
Now, you'd think if they knew this was fake, at the moment of truth, they would have said, hey, you guys, just joking, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. You know, we just, uh, we didn't really see all that stuff. We just kind of made a plan and made it, got together to become famous. But that's not what happened. They, they actually, um, they, they were actually uh, killed and even as they closed their eyes in death, they were saying, this is true. Now, it's interesting about that in Second Peter 1, 16 through 18. He tells us that. But he said, but then Peter goes on to say there's something even more powerful than the experience that we had. And this is what he said. He said, we have also, this is Second Peter two nineteen, a more sure word of prophecy. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. So he said, Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn, and that day shall arise in your heart, and that day star shall arise in your hearts. What what Peter is saying, we had a great experience. We heard, we saw miracles, we heard voice the voice from heaven. We know Jesus is the Messiah, but there's even a more sure word and that word is the Bible itself. That's what he was talking about there. You see, through all this misinformation, through all these cunningly devised fables, whether they're devised by man or whether they're devised by, by the devil, we can cut through all these things with the Word of God. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 119.105, talking about that light, he said, the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so in 2 Peter 1 and 20, just moving down here, he said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so the Bible is not a bunch of words written by men. Now the Bible is written by men, but these words were inspired by God himself. It wasn't a man's idea, but it's God's word. That's what the Bible is. And that's that's what I'm speaking about tonight. Pastor Bob, at the Tell It Like It Is show, the only thing I have, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a licensed counselor, but the only thing I have is God's word. That's all I have. That's it. That's all I have. And, you know, I, um, it, and I, I'm going to be up front with that today because if you're looking for something beside that, I don't have it. And this, this Bible is God's word, and I'm staking my life on it. You know, Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, thy word, he's talking to the Father, he said, thy word is truth. It's all we've got. It's all we have. With all the information out there, this pastor is going to stick and endeavor to stick to the Word of God. If you come to our church or if you come to me for advice, if you text me tonight for advice, um, I'm going to look in my Bible to find it. I don't have anything else. I, I really don't. You know... Um, and sometimes it's very, very difficult. It really is. You know, um, a couple of years ago, when this COVID uh, pandemic hit our country and the whole world, you know, this was, what was it, just about three years ago now? Is that right? They called it COVID-19. So I think it, it's coming up on, or four years ago, I'm not sure, three. So it happened in 19, so it's, yeah, it's three years ago. Three years ago when it when it happened. Coming up on three years when they started shutting everything down. Okay, I was under pressure during that time to shut our church down. Because public opinion said that you should not be holding services because everybody's going to get infected and die. Not everybody, but a great percentage of people. And and I have to be honest with you, I was certainly nervous about that. I, I, I think a lot of people were. There's a lot of people now that are telling me they weren't, but I remember. I re- in fact, there are people that shut their churches down that are telling me now that they you know, didn't believe in that. Well, 
you know, I'm just saying it, it had us all pretty bothered. Uh, we, we were, um, you know, I had even pressure from people that attend our church wondering if we were doing the right thing. But why did Pastor Bob make the decision to hold services anyway? Well, a couple things. There's there's a lot of people in our church that are just going to come to church. It doesn't matter. If I would have said it's closed, they'd have showed up anyway. A bunch of them have keys. <laughs> I think they would have just showed up. You know, where's the pastor at? That wimp. You know, that, I think that's what they would have done. Maybe maybe they wouldn't have said that wimp. But <clears throat> But here was the biggest deal for me. It was the Bible itself. When public opinion says shut down your church and don't have services, what does the Word of God say about it? It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You know, sometimes when all you have is the Bible, people can really misunderstand you. But you see, the reason we kept having church, the reason we didn't shut down our services, even even when the governor of North Dakota was, our church, our specific church was brought to his attention on one of his um, daily broadcasts. Somebody said to him, hey, there's a church out in Dickinson that is having church services this Easter. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and thankfully, the governor said we're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> thankfully, our sheriff um, called me and said, we're going to, we got your back. That was really nice. I appreciated that. He said, I don't know if you're doing the right thing, but you have the right to do it. That's what he told me. You know, but this wasn't an, necessarily an American right for me. That's not what the idea was. But what does the Bible say? Like, there are so many opinions out there. Now, most of us, not all of you listening to me, but most of us now that we're on the other side of this COVID thing realize it was a really bad flu, and people got it, people died, but, you know, hiding out in homes and stuff didn't seem to help anybody, and I think most of us realize that, you know, that, and maybe that's just my opinion. I mean, this I'm just telling you, this could have really backfired on me as a pastor. Like, what if we would have had 15, 20 people in our church get sick and die? You see... I'm not telling you that honoring the word of God is always easy. I'm not I'm not saying that. But this is all we've got. This is our instruction book. That's all we have. You know, um you know, I had a dream this week, this past week, and in my dream, you know, it you know how dreams are, you don't remember everything and it's hard to put everything together. But in my dream, somebody came up to me and they handed me a book and they said this book is the Bible but it's divided into topics rather than chapters and verses. And if you look up any topic, it will tell you what to do. Now, I realize there are topical Bibles, so that is not a phenomenal thing, but it was just kind of a neat dream. And when I woke up, I realized the Bible is our handbook. It really is. It tells us what to do. And I'll, I'm going to talk about that to finish the rest of the program out, but... Uh, you know, you can text me, 701-290-7862. We've got Miranda listening down in New England tonight. Glad that she's listening. This is kind of a crazy song. Of your choice on Sunday, you may see a movie show. The ushers smell of beer, and the preacher is a little odd. But remember, that's the church of your choice. You can read the newspaper to see what's on downtown. St. Paul's has a carnival. St. Peter's has a clown. At St. Bozo's, a leaking lawn ornament pulls crowds from miles around. It's standing room only when Dagon comes down. Go to the church of your choice on Sunday. You may get a bingo game. Father Domino will take your best. Sister Mo sells cigarettes. But remember, that's the church of your choice. At the Friendly Family Worship Center, there's a political candidate speaking on the Magogians invading Jerusalem in 2008. 
If you vote for him, you're guaranteed not to tribulate. It's spectacular and sure to draw a good gate. Go to the church of your choice on Sunday. You may get a spirit-filled love fest. Run for cover as the women grab the men, wipe their lipstick and makeup on them. But remember, that's the church of your choice. Go to the church of your choice on Sunday. You may see a video. The organist smells of beer, and the reverend is a little different, but remember, that's the church of your choice. Yes, remember, that's the church of your choice. I wonder why that's the church of your choice. Maybe you should ask yourself why that's the church of your choice. Okay, I wasn't supposed to play that song. My wife's mad at me. She said, don't play that song. Well, okay, I'll try to do better next time. I could delete it off the playlist. It seemed to kind of go along with the topic tonight a little bit to me, but we're talking about, I guess, maybe just myself I'm talking about, but the Word of God's all I got. That's it. You know, this isn't some cunningly devised fable that I learned on the internet that just some kind of new truth that just came out of the closet here this week. But this is an old book with time proven truth in it. And I think people are going to start coming back to it. You know, I mentioned just before that crazy song that the Bible is our handbook. Uh, The word of God is our lamp and our light. Proverbs 6.23, it says, The commandment is a lamp, and the law is a is, is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And so the Bible is a book of instruction. It tells us how to live. It tells us what area, what to do in every single area. The inst- it tells us instructions how to be saved, how to get to heaven. Uh, for instance, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the Bible said, When people specifically asked on the birthday of the church, they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? They had just heard that Jesus had died on the cross for their sins, and they said, what should we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This, we quote Acts 2.38 a lot on this program. Why? Because in a nutshell, in just one little verse, it tells us the basics of what we need to do to be saved. We need to repent, turn our life around. We do a lot of programs about that. Uh, Ask God for forgiveness and be willing to change and to change. Uh, We need to be baptized in water. That word baptized means to be immersed. We need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So repentance and baptism together work for our sins being washed away, remitted, forgiven, uh, whichever way you want to say it. And then the Bible said, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Acts is for us, and God wants us to have it, and it's his will for everyone that repents and is baptized to receive the Holy Ghost. That's his will. So the Bible is an instruction book on how to be saved. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15, he said, The holy scriptures that you've known from a child can make you wise unto salvation. You can become wise. You can be instructed in how to be saved. One of the reasons I'm on the air in Dickinson, um, you know, I, I, I hope this does good. I hope people are listening. I believe they are. Uh, I've been doing this on the air now for 20 20 three years, I think, coming up on. Is that right? Something like that. <coughs> and and um, the reason I do this is because I want to give information to people that are listening in Dickinson that could not hear me in any other way, that you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
We're not talking about joining a church. We're talking about a message that was given to the apostles to preach and teach that we're still preaching and teaching. It's not a cunningly devised fable. It's not something the United Pentecostal Church made up or the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship made up. It's it's not about belonging to a certain group of people, but it's about believing and and obeying a simple message, that born-again message in John 3, that you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. So, so that you know, the Bible's an instruction book. The Bible's an instruction book on, on how to live. Uh, for instance, the Bible tells us to stay away from alcohol and drugs. Uh, five times in the New Testament, more than that, but five times specifically, it says be sober. And in those verses, it's not talking about being sober like quit joking around, but it says be sober, and that means in Greek, the Greek word is uh, uh, abstain from mind-altering substances. Be sober. See, that's where we come up with this stuff. This isn't just something I read on the Internet that drinking is bad for you. You know, that drinking makes you a bad driver. Like, I didn't read that on the Internet. I didn't read that in the Bible either. But I'm just telling you, drinking alcohol and mind-altering substances like marijuana, um, you know, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter to me if it's legal or illegal, it's still wrong. It, It doesn't make any difference because the Word of God says don't do it because we have an enemy that's walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Basically, what God is saying, you need to have your full wits. I asked in church today, I didn't mean to ask it like this, but I said, how many people do something, have done something really dumb when they're drunk? I meant, you know, in general terms, and I had a whole bunch of people raise their hand in church. I was like, really? Especially the one girl that raised her hand, I go, really? Even you? You know, but... I mean, here again, these people didn't grow up Pentecostal. They used to do things like that. Such were some of you, right? So the Bible tells us, gives us instruction for how our our family should be, uh, the way husbands and wives should treat each other. The Bible specifically talks to husbands about them loving their wives, even as Christ loved the church, how wives should honor and and, and be obedient to their husbands. The Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about instructions how to raise children. It tells us how to do it. This Bible handbook, this isn't something online that says, well, we have found that uh, don't you know spank your kids because it'll cause them to be violent you know, or something like that. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't have any kids at home, but if one of my kids ran out in the street and just about got hit by a car, I would spank them. And I would do that because I would want them to know, don't do that again. I've told you, I've told you, now I'm telling you with a little emphasis. But where did I come up with that idea? I came up with the idea in the Word of God. I'm not talking about child abuse. I, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. Ta- that's not what I mean. So it gives us instruction. The Bible tells us how to treat your parents. i got three single kids here looking at me right now. And, Kayla, the Bible tells you how you're supposed to treat your parents. You're supposed to honor your parents, love your parents. Don't talk back to your parents. You know, don't, don't get that snotty attitude with your parents. You know, your dad was hoping you'd be here tonight so I could speak about this. You know, not really. But but the Bible talks to us. Like, you know, my both of my parents are dead. But when when I was an adult, there were things, yeah, once in a while, I mean, not my mom, but once in a while my dad would get into my business a little bit. But I tried to be really careful how I responded to that because the Bible clearly tells me, honor your father and mother. You know, I can't believe that kids would ever yell or scream or curse at their parents. I mean, I can, I guess I can believe it in the sense that, you know, in the sense that they're not godly. But in other cultures, you know, I, I've got uh, some friends that go to our church from Ethiopia and one in particular tells me stories about the culture he grew up in. His name is Ashi, and he tells me about how in their culture, which, you know, is, is, is so cool in some ways, how you don't talk back to an elder. Like, you don't. You just can't. It's not allowed. You, you just can't. 
And he said, if you turn, if you're at a store and you turn around and there's an older people behind you, older person, that person always comes to the front of the line. Everybody knows this, or or a pregnant lady. Everybody knows this. Like like if you're a pregnant lady, you're not in the back of the line. If you're a lady with a little baby, you're not in the. But there's a there's a certain respect there, and I I just really when he talks about the parents and and the respect level for for mothers and fathers that children. That the society basically, if you don't do that, everybody looks at you like you're a loser if you don't respect your parents. Well, see, that's Bible teaching. That's not online teaching. That's Bible teaching. That's good for society. It's good for children. It's good for parents. There's instruction in the Bible on sexual matters. You know, the Bible, you don't have to go online to, I wouldn't go online to read that stuff anyway. Who knows what you'd pull up. But, I'm telling you, the like if you're married, you're just having sex with that person you're married to. One man, one woman, married together for life. That's the way God designed it. If you're single, you're not having sex with nobody. That's how, that's the way God designed it. That's, that's the way he put it together. S- single people are to keep themselves pure that way. And that's in the Bible. That You don't have to, you know, th- this, you don't have to go online to find this stuff. There's instruction in the Bible how to treat each other. It, it talks about being kind to people, loving people, forgiving people, being gentle to people. The Bible talks about those things. The Bible talks about um, how to keep worldly influences out of our lives as Christians, like like not being, you know, being in the world but not of the world, but not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The Bible talks to us about how we dress. The Bible talks. I mean, I could just go on. In church, I mentioned some of these things, but the Bible talks to us about how you wear your hair. The Bible says the men should have short hair. Women should have long hair. That's what the Bible says. I, I didn't read this on a um, some type of online uh, chat room, you know, where we get everybody's opinion and take a vote. See, the only authority I have, you know, I mean... Sometimes, and, and I, I'm not trying to be critical, but sometimes I'll see a picture of some of these Christian singers and the men will have hair that's really long, and I'm thinking, I wonder if they read their Bibles. You know, I wonder, and, and here, they might be wonderful people, but maybe they've just never seen this. But the Bible said it's a shame for a man to have long hair. But it's a, a glory for a woman to have long hair. And you say, well, that's really dumb, Pastor Bob, to talk about that on the radio. No, that's all I've got. Like, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm telling you, I didn't make up this stuff. It's in the Bible. You see, this is not some cunningly devised fable, and if it was, I certainly wouldn't talk about some of those things. I'd just try to make it really easy and ask for your money. But I I want people, it's only fair that people know what the Word of God says, and who's supposed to tell them if it isn't me or people like me? The Bible talks about order in God's church. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit and and how they're supposed to be administrated. (coughs) The Bible says to know them that labor among you. We don't just let anybody get up and speak in church because they say they're a preacher. You know, the Bible talks about how we're supposed to win the world to God, how to get close to God. I did a, up at the jail, I talked about this tonight, how... The Bible teaches us how to get close to God, His Word, prayer, hanging out with God's people, letting conviction work in your life. These are these are ways that we get close to God. So, you know, the Bible is our handbook. That, that's what it is. You know, it, it is. It, the Bible is, um, you know, there are many, many topics that can be dealt with. And there are things the Bible doesn't deal with. You know, it doesn't tell you, what the best brand of car to buy. Like, it doesn't tell you that. Uh, the Bible doesn't uh, tell you, um, you know, other things. It really doesn't. I know uh, the Bible has a lot. I've got friends that take the Old Testament teachings about pork and so on, and they won't eat those things because of because of that. And I'm not criticizing that. I don't. I, I really don't. I do know what the New Testament says about it. Just pray for it and eat it. But I also know that that I'm okay with that. I, I'm all right with that. It, it doesn't make any difference to me. But 
But what does the Bible say? It has the answer for your question. I had a young man come up for prayer here a few weeks ago in church, and he just his prayer request was, I just have a lot of questions. Just a single young guy. I just have a lot of questions. Well, your questions can be answered in the Word of God. Cunningly devised fables. You know, this uh, the idea that the Bible is not scientifically true. That's a cunningly devised fable. The Bible was never intended to be a science book, but there's nothing wrong with it scientifically. There really isn't. Um, when the Bible says that God made everything after its own kind, it, he did. Now, I used to, growing up, I didn't believe that. I was a evolutionist. I believe it with all my heart. I, I, I picked it up from reading a lot of science fiction. I wasn't, of course, I wasn't going to church in a Bible believing church, and I, I, I just, I, I believe that we evolved from, you know, lower forms of life over millions and billions of years. I believe that. I believe that till I was 20 years old. But, you know, these are cunningly devised fables. You know, we, we know, we all know that, that, uh, you know, in nature, in science, that when, that the, that there is some protection there for species to jump across the line. You know, you, we know that we don't have two dogs breeding and then out jumps a cat one day out of one of them. And you say, well, give it a million years. Give it a billion years. I'm telling you, no, that's not the way this works. When there's a designer, like when they, you know, once microscopes got so good, they started studying DNA and they realized DNA is a cool thing. It's a cool thing. But it's not, you know... It, it 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 but it does it points to a it points to a creator it points to one species originally and you're going to have a lot of different colored dogs but you're not going to have a whole bunch of different things that are part dogs and part cats so you know tonight i just i, I i'm just trying to encourage you that the word of god is the most important thing that we have it really is the um you know in, in our studio tonight these guys don't want to sing or talk or anything they what do you think so far i mean you some of you guys have seen this radio show before kayla you think this is cool or what i mean we've got president biden listening to us tonight do you believe that no i don't know he could be you know he could be we have people listening for from all over the country that have texted me 701-290-7862 you can still do that you can still get in on the program but you know, my, my thing is is that the, the Word of God is true. The Word of God is sure. We need to study to show ourselves approved to God. Study the Word. Learn the Word. It has your answer in it. What you need to do is found in the Word of God. You know, that it really is. It, it's found there. And, and I, my prayer tonight is all the misinformation that's out there will get people to question everything online. That's my prayer. I know I've got a friend listening, Brother Dale Jones, and his wife has battled uh, lupus for many, many years, and she told us one time how tired she gets of people, you know, advising her to take this or to take that because they read something online that shark cartilage will cure lupus. And she just... You know, and she knows the people mean well. She knows they meant well. But you can find, I mean, you can find anything you want to out there. But what does the Word of God say? That's the truth. That's what's true. Well, we're going to close the program here with prayer. I'm going to play a Bill Farron song afterwards. This week, if you want to get a hold of me, come to our church Wednesday night. 501 Elks Drive, 7.30, Sunday morning at 10. Uh, come to church at 7.30. Uh, we'd love to have you come. It'd be a good chance to meet you. Uh, also, in Beach, 
We have church Sunday mornings and Wednesday and Tuesday nights there at the at, at Beach. At, we've got our own church building there, right next to the Family Dollar. We have a church in Beulah. We've got a church in Bowman on Main Street. We got a church in Newtown, Williston, uh, Minot, Bismarck, Mandan. I don't know if I forgot anybody, but just that's just this Western North Dakota area. Uh, you can get it, the cell phone number I've been giving out throughout the broadcast seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. That's my cell phone. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray that somehow during this broadcast that I've helped give people confidence that your word is the handbook for life, that your word is truth, God, that that we don't have to uh, go online to find things that we don't know are true, we don't know if they're false, but we know your word is true, God. It's, it stood the test of time, God. We're thankful for it. God, help people that are listening tonight to have confidence in your word. We just pray tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you, folks. Uh, this is Bill Farron. The song is Selah, which is my favorite song on this album. Uh, Lord willing, next next Sunday night at 806 Mountain, I'll be back for another tell it like The Lord will be returning very soon. Maybe evening, morning, or at noon. Not for the foolish virgins, but the wise. Then recompense the world for all their lies. The born-again believers will sing their triumph song. Selah, it might not be too long. Standing by Waiting for that trumpet in the sky Then the archangel will blow it loud And we'll all meet together in the clouds Even so come Lord Jesus Is what we ought to pray Selah He might just come today And trials for us to learn To cultivate a Christ-like attitude Be holy unto Jesus The bread of life, our food We'll hear the words Thou good and faithful servant enter in Selah Your rest will now begin Think about it before it gets too late You better say lock Cause when he comes back he won't wait You better count the cost There's one thing you can't buy Won't be no tickets sold on eBay when we fly Jesus is coming back He's coming back real soon Don't know just when it could be Morning, night or noon is coming back as a thief in the night Before he does, my friend, you better make things right Above the clouds, we'll live on high No more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die The mystery of godliness is shown The glory of the Father to He's been made known Forever we will praise Jesus Throughout eternity Selah Well that's what it means to me That's what it means to me That's what it means to me Well that's what it means to me So come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus.
Jesus, so come quickly, Lord Jesus. You better make things right. We just might leave tonight. You better get rid of your sin. Allow the Holy Ghost to come in. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.